Hello, everybody. This is Charlie from Anthrax, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Turn it up. Anthrax loves you. Hey, y'all. What's up? This is Chris Robertson from Blackstone Cherry, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. episode 372 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 373, we're going to go kind of heavy on you. We've got joining us from the band Morbid Angel, we've got vocalist and bassist Steve Tucker on the line, and also uh, we're going to introduce you to a band out of Texas, a phenomenal band that will be coming into the Pittsburgh area called Blacktop Mojo, which we'll get to in just a little bit. But first... Uh, Morbid Angel will be coming in to do a show at Mr. Small's on April 23rd. That show is sponsored uh, by Iron City Rocks and Opus One Productions. It's going to be Morbid Angel with special guests Misery Index, Dreaming Dead, and Hate Storm Annihilation. Uh, Morbid Angel has got a brand new album. Well, not brand new, but they're promoting their latest album, Kingdoms Disdained. Uh, it's got a really, really, really heavy sound. Uh, kind of the death metal that you've come to expect with Morbid Angel. Uh, but as we get into in the interview, a little more seven-string guitar to take it even a little deeper. So uh, Steve fills us in on all that information. So we're going to play a little bit of a uh, track from that album, then we'll get into that interview with Steve Tucker. Iron City Rocks, we have frontman Steve Tucker of Morbid Angel on the line. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing great, bro. Thanks for asking, man. It's uh, awesome to get a chance to talk to you. You guys are set to embark on a very clockwise or counterclockwise tour of the United States here coming up in just a few days. You're going to be hitting uh, all up the coast and all the way out west and back in a really, relatively pretty quick period of time. Um, you've got what is still a pretty new album, Kingdoms of Disdained Out. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you know what that material has brought to the set and, and you know how you're kind of incorporating some of the new material in yeah i mean uh we're going to be doing I, th- I think it's five of the uh, five songs from kingdom sustained and um and really one of the great things about this album is this is the first morbid angel album where where every song was a seven string song okay so uh it sort of sets a little bit darker mood so uh Bringing that element in, it's. I think it's going to make for even you know a heavier set than we've been doing in the past, which is I don't know. It's kind of laughable to say, yeah. but 
and it, it truly is a heavier set. I mean, it's just much more monstrous, and um, uh, the, 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 the overtones that come off of some of these songs that, you know, because, because it's so big, these weird overtones, man, are just ominous. And, and I, you know, really looking forward to playing these songs, you know, on stage with the, with the PA and everything, because, I mean, it just makes it just so much bigger and uh, right. just, uh, just so much more demanding sounding, you know, for, uh, for, in my opinion. So it, I'm really stoked about it. I think the songs, they add a, a beautiful element to the set. I mean, um, you know, the set's a pretty diverse set already, and uh, now we've got, you know, all these new songs, and the way we've done it, we, we're really uh, lengthening the set as opposed to, uh, you know, making it, you know, shorter to switch things up. It's like, okay, well, we've got so many songs we want to do that the set only keeps getting longer. That's, <laughs> you know? that's a so, win, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, it's a great thing to have so many great songs to choose from, to be honest. And uh, like I said, having the new album, I mean, just picking what songs to do in itself was a challenge. It always is a challenge because of the catalog. But right. now we've got this album that we love. And I mean, you know, just picking a limited number of songs to play, that's been really the biggest challenge in all this. Yeah, and that's one of the great things that, you know, we all love about metal is that, you know, bands aren't afraid to do new material you know a band with the history of morbid angel um you know it would be easy to fall into the kind of classic rock bands that only do maybe the same 15 songs maybe swap one or two and if you're really lucky uh it's great to get that yeah you know i mean that's that's one of the great things about about playing metal Mm. is that you know this isn't a conformist this isn't a pop situation man where some asshole is telling us oh you have to play you know this song because that was a number one hit or, or whatever, you know, right. that we don't have that, man. You know, we, we play songs. I mean, there's, there's songs that are classics, but the fans made those classics. A pop mm-hmm. radio didn't make those classics, you know? Right. And I mean, um, so for us, it's, uh, I, I feel we have a freedom that, that someone doing, you know, pop music would never, never, ever have. You know? Right. And you've got a career that's a hell of a lot longer than a pop, you know, most pop artists. Exactly. You know what? You know, these guys, poor guys come in and, uh, you know, they're superstars for three and a half weeks. And then mm-hmm. when you see them on uh, some show 10 years later, what happened to them, you know? Right. Um, as far Whereas, as, you know, a um, band like Morbid's gone over 30 years, too. Yeah. You mentioned songs with a seven string. As a vocalist, do you approach those songs differently? I mean, you know, with the death metal kind of sound, you know, it kind of is what it is. But I mean, do you consciously have to sing it those any different because of the darker tones? For me, I think my voice sits in those songs better. Okay. I, I've always felt that you know the, the lower tune songs for me is much more of a comfort zone than than the, you know the the, the higher. Uh, E flat tune, what Morbid mm-hmm. Angels traditionally used. I think that um, it's just the, the tenor of my voice. I, mm-hmm. I really just seem to be much more comfortable in, in the seven string realm. It, it really fits me much better. Is there a, a particular regiment you do to keep your voice? I mean, because what you're doing, I and mean, for most of us who have ever tried to, to sing the way you sing, we get through maybe a quarter of a song and we're done. Um, is there something you need to do on the road to be able to do that night in, night out for that length of time? I gotta stay healthy, man. That is the biggest thing. If I if I if I catch a cold, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm, I'm like I have to wash my hands constantly, things sure. like that. Because man, I meet fans. I'm not a guy that hides away or anything. Right. I go out and when I get to a city, if there's shit to see within walking distance, I'm seeing mm-hmm. it. You know, right. I mean, I'm getting out. I, I get tired of living on a bus. You right. know, so. uh I get out and I walk around, and uh, the biggest thing is, you know, when you do that, you meet people, you know, so uh, 
washing my hands, man, and eating yeah. good foods, not not eat, not taking in things like McDonald's. You know, yeah. I, I never eat that shit. You know what I mean? So, right, like that definitely helped. And in, and through the years, I mean, I've I've really learned more and more to maintain control. I mean, sometimes you can get in a situation where the energy level is so extremely high that yeah. you can just go at you can go at it way harder than you really ever need to. Right. You know, so for me it's really about uh maintaining the control, maintaining the power and and, and knowing that hey man, it's badass right here. It doesn't I don't need to push harder. I don't need to yell. I mean, yelling is not part of this singing. I mean, I, I would think that most people probably think it is, but mm. It's really more about just power of, you know, squeezing your diaphragm and, and, and producing power. You know what yeah. I mean? It's a throat and diaphragm more than anything. So as long as I stay healthy, don't end up, you know, with a with a, a sinus cold, that does it in. As soon as a sinus cold or something, you know, happens, your voice starts to get pretty rough, you know. So if I can avoid that, man, I'm, I'm good. I can do this every day. You know? Yeah, let me look at your tour schedule, and especially, you know, you figure it's April. I mean, I, I don't know what the weather's like where you're at, but, you know, one day it's snowing here, the next day it's, you know, it's going to be 70 by the end of the week. You know, it's kind of a, a dicey time of the year for everybody, you know, with right. allergies and sinus and stuff. And, Absolutely. Know. Dude, I live two hours south of you. Okay. You know what I mean? So um, You know what it's like. For me, aller all of those elements that you just brought up, as well as I have dogs, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like uh, allergens, all these things, they're always issues. All, you know, all you can do is just uh, try and, uh, try and you know, keep things as clean as you can. And, you know, but, but, man, you know, the weather, you know, one day 70 degrees, the next day 32 and snowing, I mean, sometimes it gets you, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I was just actually talking to, to Dan, the guitar player, saying, hey, man, I was watching the news. I think we're going up hitting quite a bit of snow on this tour. Yeah. You know, places like Minneapolis and – things like that i think there's a good chance uh we probably will see some snow on this tour yeah 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 that is now as a bassist i mean that's another aspect you know maybe that gets overshadowed because of you know the enormity of your voice and you know it really defines somewhat of the style but as a bass player you know playing the style of music and the speed of which you're playing um is how long did it take you to get it used to kind of doing those simultaneously or is it something you've been doing a long long time Man, this is something I've been doing since I was 17 years old. Okay. You know, and uh, it was something that the first time I stepped in front of a mic playing the bass, I, for some reason, was able to do it. Mm -hmm. Now, there are limitations to it. I have to completely know what I'm doing as far as musically. I have to right. know the song through and through. Um, um, you know, muscle memory. You know, once I get to the point of muscle memory, then literally I don't think I think about the bass at all unless there's something off and if, right. if I hear something bad that's the only time I really truly think about the bass on stage mm -hmm. you know so uh it's almost autopilot I think yeah. if you're trying to think of the two things at once you're gonna mess up yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean so it has to the muscle memory has to be there so you kind of go on autopilot you know and yeah. that's that's sort of the key you know and I, with morbid you know when I first joined morbid one of the things that Trey asked me to do the band I was in previously, I played everything they played. Mm -hmm. Every single pick note that the guitar players played, I played too. Anything less than that was unacceptable. Mm -hmm. um, with Morbid, Trey wanted me to take more of a, a bass player's approach. You know, uh, sort of half it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Not all the, you know, and uh, I, I eventually came into my own where the way I played bass in Morbid Angel, I don't think I would play bass in any other band that, that way. But... For Morbid Angel, I specifically look for what's going to make it sound the biggest and most powerful. Right. If that means I'm picking half the speed they are, if that means I'm picking the same as they are, 
it was just whatever is really the best for the song. That's what I've always kind of gone with and ordered. Yeah, how hard of an adjustment was that? I mean, to me, that sounds like that would be even harder to you know to try to do something different than to just pick with the speed you know of everybody else you know because you're you're really making your brain think sure. about it a little more. Is that was that at a first, challenge? It, at first, it definitely was a challenge. At first, it was definitely. Um, you know, you, you're trying to slow yourself down is uh, kind of goes against everything I always did as a as a young player, man. I wanted to be in a, I wanted to be fast. I wanted to be mm-hmm. as fast as I possibly could. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was my goal for many years. And then he's asking me, hey, man, you know, bring it back just a little bit. So at first it was extremely difficult, but then I really started to recognize the difference that it made. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that the bass actually comes through more sometimes if you're hanging a single note or sometimes if you're half speed picking things like that, the bass makes it much more solid than if you're just flying along and it blends in as a third guitar. Mm-hmm. So initially it was, uh, you know, being young and, you know, thinking I knew everything in the world, I kind of didn't get it. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? But then yeah. after I did it for a few number of months, man, I really, I, I started to understand the effectiveness of it. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're when you're doing live shows, if you may indulge the question, in your monitors, what are you hearing? You know, because obviously you've got to be able to hear yourself, so you don't try to just out scream everything. Um, exactly, you've got to hear That's the bass. Key, yeah, how how important is that front of house mix, and what do you like to hear? You know, front of uh, front of house and the monitor, you know, are, are separate. Um, most places mm-hmm. that we play, you know, you, you have a monitor guy okay. on the side taking care of you and then you know the guy doing front of house is only what the, the fans are hearing okay uh me myself and my monitors i mean usually the drums are so loud on stage and the guitars mm-hmm. are so loud that i'll only have vocals in my monitors you know uh but if we're in a bigger play you know we play some places that are you know pretty large and sometimes you know the way you know when they're so big you don't the, the, the drums become small guitar become small then it becomes much more of a challenge to get the right mix in the monitor. But 99% of the time, it's mostly vocal. Sometimes okay. a kick drum and vocal. Okay. Yeah, and that's, that's... For me, I always follow the kick. You know, in Morbid Angel, the kick is always the guiding factor. You know what I mean? Right. So um, the, the kick drum quite often ends up... It, 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 if I'm not hearing it behind me with power, it's definitely in my monitor. Sure. Yeah, I was as you were explaining, you know, doing something different with the bass. I was thinking, you know, you've really got to be able to hear yourself well to be able to do all that, you know, and, and do it well. So thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, and, and you know, I think though, you know, I mean, at first maybe you do, but you know, once you once you, I mean, like I I know these songs through and through, yeah. so it's I don't really need to hear myself at a at a, at a humongous level. Sure. You know what I mean? Like bass takes up so much space, man, in, in any kind of a mix, even even on a stage on a front of house on a record bass takes up so much space that it's really about finding where it sits to make it solid mm-hmm. you know it's, that's what i want it to be i want it to be solid i don't need my bass to be the loudest thing i mean if i wanted to be the loudest person i would become a guitar player man yeah <laughs> that's exactly that well, very very well said steve well steve i want to thank you again you guys are doing a show here in pittsburgh on the 23rd uh, should be a hell of a night of metal at uh, Mr. Small. So we wish you uh, hopefully uh, snow-free travel into at least Pittsburgh, and we'll see when you get into town, man. Right on, man. I'm looking forward to it. All right, again, a big thank you to Steve Tucker of Morbid Angel again. Uh, they'll be coming into town on the 23rd of April. A uh, big, heavy night of music at Mr. Small's. You can get tickets at ticketfly.com. You can head over to opus1productions.com, or you go to our Facebook page. 
uh, and there's a link there under events for tickets where you can get them at the door. Uh, so I want to thank them for coming on the show and uh, giving us a taste of that. We're going to turn our attention now to a band out of Texas. The band is called Blacktop Mojo. Uh, vocalist Matt James was kind of sit down, kind of introduced the band to us. They're going to be doing some shows in the uh, area of Western Pennsylvania. They're doing a show on May 2nd at Main Stage in Morgantown, and May 3rd they'll be playing the Smiling Moose in Pittsburgh. So uh, if you're either south or uh, in the city, pretty easy to get to either one of those locations. Uh, the band has really got, uh, I think, a phenomenal sound. The, the uh, gentleman we speak to, Matt James, a fantastic singer and has got a great range. Uh, if you get a chance to check out on YouTube, we kind of talk about it in the interview. Uh, they did a uh, sort of an impromptu version of In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins, and I admittedly can't stand Phil Collins' music. Sorry, Mr. Collins. Uh, but their version, I think, kills. Uh, is really, really well done uh, and showed a very powerful range to his Matt's voice. So I'm going to play you a little bit of uh, some of their debut album, and we'll get into that interview with Matt James and Blacktop Mojo.
gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome to Iron City Rocks. We have on the line Matt of Blacktop Mojo. How are you doing today, Matt? Still good, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Hey, um, I realized you guys were coming in to do a show in Pittsburgh on May 3rd. Uh, had an opportunity to listen to uh, your latest album, Burn the Ships, and uh, really, really dug what I heard. Uh, you know, I've always been a fan of kind of the southern hard rock, and you guys have kind of taken that in a, in a kind of a neat direction with your sound uh so it's a pleasure to, to get to talk to you um when you guys kind of set up with this dream to form the band was there, did you guys have a particular like style you wanted to get into or is this just kind of an evolution of how you know the players in the band or, or how did that come about i think it was a kind of a natural progression um we started in texas here in a very small town Mm-hmm. And most of the places that we played around in are dance halls, honky tonk type of places. So we initially, uh, believe it or not, started out playing country covers and sure. stuff like that mm-hmm. in a lot of, in a lot of these places. So, um, I think that Southern Twang, um, kind of stuck around as we evolved into our own style. Cause we're all, we all like hard rock at, at heart. And I think, uh, when we started writing our own original stuff, that's really what we wanted to do. So, mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a natural progression, and uh, yeah, Matt, always kind of contributed to that. Matt, one of the things that you know I think stands out in in the album to me was was your voice, obviously. And I've had an opportunity to watch some videos of you guys kind of goofing around doing in the air tonight from Phil Collins and, and a bunch of you know Led Zeppelin covers and things like that. You're, you're not shying away from some really tough stuff to sing. Um, did you? you get trained as a singer just could god give you that voice how did that develop um i've never really uh trained as a singer like formally or anything like that um i of course now that i sing you know in a band all the time mm-hmm. i take try to take care of my voice and you know look up different vocal lessons and things like that but um uh, yeah i, I, I uh kind of just started <laughs> trying to belt stuff out one day and uh Luckily, it didn't scare people off. So, yeah, I, I you know. remember I pulled up a picture of the band, the one on your website, and I was like, this guy kind of looks like Zach Wilde. But then I, you know, I heard you singing. I'm like, whoa, you know, that's just not the voice I expected. You know, you kind of had that look like you could be in a Mona Marth, or you know, or like Norwegian metal band, and uh, oh, yeah. you know, it just came out. And and one of the things I really enjoy about the band is the use of guitar solos because it's something that. You know, in in a lot of modern rock, kind of takes a backseat. It's, and I'm a, not saying, it's a dying it, art, yeah. Exactly, I mean, and you you listen to these songs, and they're very they're very tasteful guitar solos, but you know, it's refreshing for for people who are a fan of that you know kind of '80s era where you know every song had a pretty wicked guitar solo. You guys are bringing that back, but oh, it yeah. doesn't sound like a retro band, and and that's you know I think important. You know, this isn't a a Steel Panther kind of thing where you're you know basically ripping off the sounds of yesteryears but this has got a very fresh um can you talk about that i mean that's that is kind of you know unique putting guitar solos back in was that something the band kind of said here's something we want in the songs or you know your guitar is um, that good you couldn't deny them yeah i think that's more of what it is um 
it's not it wasn't ever really a kind of a meeting like okay we're gonna put guitar solos and everything but mm. um we have you know if there's a space in the song for it and we have a really badass guitar player so you know why not yeah yeah that's that's a, not a bad idea at all um you guys i caught the clip of you guys uh when you're performing open for bon jovi and i'm assuming that was on the um the tour where they live nations had the contest to win the opening slot is that correct yes sir what was that what was that experience like can you kind of walk us through that you know we had a a, a different kind of experience in Pittsburgh where they brought in kind of a school, uh, a group of kids to do their show. But, I mean, what was that experience really? like for, for for a band, you know, to submit and go through all that? Was it stressful or did this contact and say, hey, you won? How did that work? Um, well, they contacted us a few weeks before the show and told us that we won. And um, they got us, they helped us out with some press and things so like mm-hmm. we got to be on the uh, Dallas Morning News and mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of other really cool opportunities that they uh, presented to us mm-hmm. because of that. And um, the day of the show, they had to show up about seven hours early. And oh, uh, just get good and nervous. Yeah, to load our. Oh yeah, get get us good and nervous and pasting holes in the floor. And uh, sure. they put us in the uh, visit. We played in the American Airlines Center, so they put us in the visiting hockey team's locker room. Mm-hmm. That was our dressing area. And uh, so yeah, it was just kind of loaded our stuff in and there was about three or four hours before sound check so we were just pacing holes on the floor the whole time during that and then we went out and sound checked and uh i think i flubbed a part you know kind of got mixed up in my head because i was mm-hmm. they had all the they had all the empty chairs set out in the in the floor of the yeah. arena so it kind of i think that kind of got to me sure, I was sure like, that's a lot of, that's a lot that's a lot of chairs man exactly you know, we never played in front of that many people so, did uh, you know, kind of flub that. So then we went back to the locker room again, and everybody's like, "Do you got this, man?" Yeah. You know. So, and add add a level of nervous nervousness there. But um, once we they walked us out and they turned the house lights down and we heard everybody screaming and uh, we kind of all just went into our our zone and uh, the show ended up going really well. So yeah, it, it looked good yeah. on the you know on the video performance and it. Did you get to inter- interact with? the band at all like with Bon Jovi or do they do you just kind of do your thing uh, and get on with we got them? to yeah uh, we got to meet uh, John for a few minutes uh, he's a busy guy um, yeah but uh, we got to meet we got to we got to meet him and he told us a cool story about um, them opening up their first arena show ZZ um, Top one of their first big arena shows was ZZ Top yeah yeah they weren't even and, they uh, were similar situation they weren't signed at the time when they did it, right. I believe that was Madison Square yeah, Garden. Yeah, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. He said Richie Sambor's guitar didn't work. Yeah, the first song that they went to go play, and uh, so, he said it can't go any worse than that. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, if you, <laughs> you guys will fl- do fine, you flub a lyric, who's going to yeah. notice? You know, that, that's all right. Oh yeah, that's a great exposure. Now, um, you guys have, have put together the the Burn the Ships uh, full length album. I know you guys have had some material in the past, but are these is this collection of songs? Is this kind of like um, everything up until now for Blacktop Mojo? Or are these more newer songs? Uh, Burn the Ships uh, we released. It's actually been out for about a year now. Okay, I think that's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, but uh, at the time, those we wrote all those songs um, leading up to 
uh, right before we went and recorded that album, everyone in the band quit their day mm-hmm. jobs and uh, kind of dove into music full time. So there's there's kind of our no no going back moment, right? You know, yeah. for everybody. And um, well, uh, the sure. burn the ships title came from a story about Cortez that uh, they came over to the New World to take over basically, and uh, some of his men were wanting to retreat, so he ordered all the ships be burned in the harbor so they had no way to go home so there's yeah. no going back you know that's quite a metaphor for what you guys are doing yeah. um yeah the song in particular that, that struck me was prodigal um you know i i have sometimes the advantage of, of not realizing or i don't pay a lot of attention to what singles you guys release or do videos i just want to listen to the album as you made it um sure. prodigal to me it seems like the lyrics were were personal to someone would you is there a story there that uh you could share on that one um prodigal there's not really a particular specific story um mm. personally um i grew up in a very small town and mm. uh as in with a lot with a lot of small towns you know people get quote-unquote stuck there you know mm-hmm. they don't get to chase their dreams or people tell them that they can't do something and uh that song was about not any specific person, but just that situation of being caught in that small place and not really getting to do what you want to do, and right. uh, kind of breaking through that, breaking out. Yeah, similar in, in theme to One Horse Town from Black Blackberry Smoke, but certainly not musically. Not, not Absolutely, similar. yeah. Both fantastic songs, I have to say. No offense to them or your song. I think they're both, but the very common theme... Uh, amongst the two, it's just a magical uh, song. Really stood out to me on that album. So you guys be quite Thank pleased you. with that. Um, you're doing some headline shows. You're also, if I'm not mistaken, you're still doing shows with um, Blackstone Cherry. Yes, sir. We got a uh, four dates, I believe, at the beginning of the tour. Coming up. Uh, now, uh, I have to imagine that, that their audience and your, you know, would really, really enjoy you. If you guys have, if that been a pretty good experience as far as growing the bands name out there um we actually we haven't played with them yet oh so, okay um looking i'm really uh really looking forward to that one i've been listening to blackstone Cherry for a long time so yeah yeah um, I, I imagine that'll that'll be a quite a nice marriage now when you guys do like when you're in pittsburgh you're doing a headline show um you doing most of the, the burn the ships album or uh do you have some other stuff in there uh We'll do a little. We'll do a little bit of everything. We got a little, you know, some some fun covers that we like to break out at you know, live shows, and uh, uh, we do definitely most of the original material. So, how um how it'll be it'll be a good time. When you you opted to do Dream on 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 the record, um, was it? How did that come about? I mean, was it that the choice of that particular song? Because that's not exactly easy song to sing. I have to imagine that falsetto part at the very end is insane. <laughs> Um, was that just one that particularly went over live well for you guys or um, a personal favorite of yours? Um, definitely a personal favorite um, of mine. But we just, uh, we've been doing covers up to that point mm-hmm. and just kind of messing around, recording a bunch of different ones. And uh, one of our buddies came up to us, Y'all should do Dream On by Aerosmith. And uh, of course, we looked at him and told him he was an idiot because you don't do Aerosmith right? yeah that's, that's a tough one yeah but, uh, <laughs> yeah 
But uh, our producer, uh, Philip Mosley, who helped us do both of our albums that we have, mm-hmm. um, basically convinced us and said, you know, let's just try it. And, you know, nobody has, it never has to see the light of day if it sucks. Sure. So, or if you guys hate it. And uh, we ended up doing it. And um, we brought it to all our, you know, family and friends so we trust to tell us the truth. Mm-hmm. And they all listened to it and they were like, this. I think he might have something there, so yeah, we yeah. Uh, we released it um, onto YouTube just as a YouTube video, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of took off and grew legs on its own. Um, yeah, I think you, I think you, we released I think we released it probably six months to a year before we actually went in to record the album. So by the time we went and recorded the album, it kind of had a life of its own. So we decided, you know. That would be a cool addition to the album, and it really fit the theme of the album, you know. Yeah. Being as we were quitting our day jobs and sure. chasing our dreams, you know. Yeah, and it came off really well, and you know, is is a lifelong Aerosmith fan, you know, you you sometimes you cringe when you when you see that someone's going to attempt a song, you know, cover songs you know and love. For sure. But uh, this was actually a good one for me because I. I I was listening to your album on headphones and was not paying attention to the song titles whatsoever. And it came on, and you know your eyebrows instantly kind of go up. And like, what, what are they doing here? <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, by that time, I'm I'm kind of hooked already because your voice, you know, I think extremely strong singing voice, and it it, it kind of thank you um, takes it in a slightly different direction, but it's still very reverent to the original. Um, but I have to ask, after watching you know, the video I mentioned on YouTube of In the Air Tonight, is that that has to be in your next recording session? Am I wrong? Uh, <laughs> it's not out of the question for the future. I think we're going to try to do something fun with that one. Yeah, I, I, I have to admit, you, you guys really, really. This is not even a song I personally like, um, but I was like, damn. <laughs> you know, you, and that, to me, that's a sign of an excellent cover song when you can take a song that someone doesn't like and make it enjoyable. Um, and Absolutely. Prop, props to the guy banging on the floor. That was, uh, that was Thank a. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really. Uh, a good friend. That was a. That we was a, we have been drinking quite a bit of whiskey at that point. I don't know if you could tell, but. Man, yeah. Then He's, then drink a lot before you recorded in the studio. Then. It, <laughs> Absolutely. It was it was really that fun. Shouldn't it, be hard. It, it it was really I think you know for something kind of loose and fun. Plus it 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 says a lot. And this is why I like to see some of these type of things. It says. These guys have the ability to do this live. It's not just a, a you know, a Pro Tools piece together not album. Studio magic. Exactly. <laughs> you know, because recording technology has become so sophisticated that, you know, I could probably make myself sound good as a singer on in a recording, <laughs> and I can't sing to save my life. But you know, there's so much technology there to change pitch and you know, multi-track and things like that, and copy and paste. You know, as long as you get a word good, you know, you can piece together quite a bit. Um, but you know, Absolutely. two guys, two guys standing in, in you know a garage or wherever you guys were, did that video. You know, there's no no hiding there, uh, so it was impressive. Um, so we'll look forward to Thank seeing you, you guys again. You're in May third. Um, I'm sure this will be um, probably the last time you do a club this small in this city after people <laughs> you know get a chance to listen to this album and see you guys live. I expect a. Big things from you guys, uh, you know, down the road. So it's been a pleasure, Matt, and I thank you for your time. Pleasure's all mine, man. Thank you for having me. All right, a thank you to both of our guests. We have Matt James from Blacktop Mojo coming into Pittsburgh on May 3rd, and also Stephen Tucker of the band Morbid Angel, who will be here for an Iron City Rock show on April 23rd. So 
uh, two really cool bands. Uh, if you're into really really heavy or not quite so heavy, I think there's something for uh, something for you with either one of those bands. So check those both out. You can visit us at IronCityRocks.com, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube are all forwards, and Twitter are all forward slash Iron City Rocks. Or you can visit us. Uh, you can send us an email at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. We would encourage you, uh, if you're in the area of western Pennsylvania, to head over to the Pittsburgh City Papers website. Uh, you can vote for uh, their reader's poll. And uh, we would encourage you to consider voting for us for uh, Best Local Podcast, if you have uh, are so inclined. Uh, it would help us get the word out about the podcast to the Pittsburgh region, help promote uh, music in Pittsburgh, which is really why we do what we do. Um, no money in this whatsoever. Uh, we obviously get a lot of great artists. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to many of our heroes and new bands and bands we've never heard of. And it's, it's really a lot of fun. But the, really the goal is is to get you, the listeners, interested in, in the events. Uh, you know, if you're in the western Pennsylvania area and you hear of a band, uh, maybe you weren't familiar with Blacked Up Mojo. Maybe you never heard Morbid Angel. Um, get you familiar with these bands. Get you interested in what they have to say come out and check out the shows because uh, what we really want to do and have strived to do from day one is to help get people to come to the shows to continue to have these shows come to our region. Um, you know, I don't want to go all public broadcasting on you and ask for money, but what we want, you know, listen to these shows, support the venues, support the promoters, support the artists so that they can afford to continue to stay on the road and come to Pittsburgh because if we don't go to these shows... We're just going to become a space, the place that people drive through on the way from Cleveland to Philadelphia. So if you're in western Pennsylvania, we appreciate you helping us get the word out about the show. And until next time, we want to thank you so much for listening. (laughs) 